This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. This is Roseanne from Community Waikato, and I have with me in the studio today Karen Stockman, who's also from Community Waikato. Kia ora, Karen. Kia ora, Roseanne. Thank you for having me. That's quite all right. We were having a bit of a chat the other day around it's the AGM, Annual General Meeting season, coming up, and I thought it'd be a good opportunity just to talk a little bit about, you know, why you actually have them, and also to, um, you know, maybe how you can make a little bit of a difference with them. What are some ideas um, to and especially entice your members to come along to Absolutely. these meetings? So, Karen, should we just start off with initially, why do we actually have AGMs? Well, I guess it depends on what kind of organisation you are. Some of us, if we're an incorporated society, actually have to have one. It's part of what makes us a democratic organisation, an opportunity to be uh, accountable to our members and the people that we exist to serve. Interestingly, charitable trusts are not required to, by law to have an AGM, but most of them will have that requirement in their deed. But again, it's an opportunity to be accountable, isn't it, for what you're doing? That's right, and especially if you know you have a wide ranging, wide ranging group of um, stakeholders um, out there. Um, as you say, it's a great opportunity to to present uh, your annual report and um, you know chat a little bit about you know what are some of those success stories or you know what sort of you know mahi you got up to during that final week that last Absol- year. Absolutely, and I think. Oftentimes, if you think about, you know, the old Westminster model and, you know, back in the day, it was really about deciding, you know, who was going to have the the key officer roles in the organisation. And it was seen as a a form of um, accountability for those big things like, you know, making sure that the money's been spent in the right way, making sure that you appoint your lawyers and those sorts of things. And I think we, while we still might do that, it's also a really great opportunity to extend our reach beyond just being accountable for those basic things. It is a chance to showcase what we do, to celebrate our successes and to really make visible the difference that we're trying to make. It's a chance to encourage those people who come along to get involved or be involved or see their place in what you're doing. Some great ideas and thoughts there. And unfortunately, um, a lot of organisations are really struggling to get um, their members um, to come along to annual general meetings uh, and to the stage where, you know, maybe even struggling to get a quorum. Yes. Uh, And it probably is timely for our organisations to really be thinking about, you know, how do they um, sort of promote the annual general meetings, and as you said, you know, is it a chance to, you know, turn it into like a celebration um, Absolutely. Of, of the previous year? So people need to see some relevance for them to get involved, don't they? I mean, one of the reasons that people are not motivated to come along is because they can't see the relevance of how them being there is actually going to make some sort of positive difference to the organisation. And I think that's really what we're trying to appeal to, eh, is... Um, inviting people's input. 
as much, you know, that could be the time that we consult with key stakeholders is at our annual general meeting. So as well as being accountable for the past year, we could utilise it as an opportunity to prepare for the coming year. Yeah, no, that's a very good point as well. And, you know, uh, rightly or wrongly, there's there's very much that attitude out there around well, what's in it for me mm. or, or what's in it for my, for my club if it's more a regional sort of organisation um, who has holding the AGM. And uh, I suppose a lot of people think, oh, it's just a, a boring sort of just meeting to sign off the accounts and uh, elect the new officers as such. But, um, yeah, if you're not sort of closely involved, a lot of people do really think, well, yeah, what, what's the value of me going along to this? I think that sometimes people don't come because they don't want to be a person <laughs> who gets elected into some of those roles. That is true too. How many times have you heard it? You know, people don't attend meetings and uh, all of a sudden they have a, a new committee role or they have a new job or they're on some sort that's of right. project committee. Yep, that's right. And I think, yeah, I've I've seen some quite interesting ways of enticing people. I know where people have had spot prizes for members when they come along to the AGM, yeah, as well as feeding people is always a... Yeah, having some good cries, always a good, yep. a good opportunity, isn't it? Or a good incentive to get yep. people to come along. Just following up on the spot prizes, I, I do know a couple of um, organisations where it's a affiliation base, so they pay like a membership fee. Yep. And so it's been like if you come to the AGM, you'll get a, a subsidy. Um, Absolutely. Off, off your um, you know, next year's membership fees. Um, I think, well, that's, and that's a great idea, isn't it? Yep. So you get a discount for coming and doing your civic duty I guess to your organisation that's right because you know in corporate societies as we've mentioned you know it's a requirement they have to have an annual general meeting you know where they do present their um, annual financial accounts and return and and their elections of their um, their committee or their board so um, you know it's essential that um, you know the members um, do get on board with that and I suppose if you if you know you think a, a bit more broadly about that it's probably to do with your member engagement more generally. So the AGM is but one aspect of your member engagement. So how do we be in relationship with our members? And I think you made the point earlier on, Roseanne, which I think is a really critical point. How do people see the relevance of this for them? So what is in it for them to participate in these conversations or be part of the, this decision-making uh, that's so true. And uh, so we've spoken a little bit about, you know, why you need to have an, an annual general meeting, and in particular if you're an incorporated society. So probably now it's a, an opportunity to start thinking, well, how else could we promote um, the annual general meeting? How else do we wrap our AGM up into some other sort of event, some sort of celebration? And I know, yep. Karen, one of the organisations that you're involved in has just recently sort of... Uh, yeah, had a, I don't know if it's a novel way, but a, a different way, I suppose, of promoting um, your sort of annual uh, meeting time and yeah. presenting your annual report. And maybe you can just give us a little bit more info about that. Yeah, so we are a charitable trust um, and our annual general meeting is a very short affair. It's like a 45-minute meeting because uh, it's quite straightforward to work through and it's a meeting that um, we open up for people connected with the organisation and the trustees but that's not the event that we hold so our annual general meeting happens as a as a boring meeting 
where all of those reports are presented. And then we have um, an annual celebration. And so that celebration is where we invite our stakeholders and those people who we've worked with, who we affect, or who um, we want to share what it is that our organisation does. And so, yes, we had a, our annual celebration last week. We had about 50 people come, and it was an opportunity to sell some, tell some stories to we had a, had a guest speaker and the guest speakers were from um, an organisation who we have done some work for. So they were talking about the impact of that and what difference it made. Um, we had Batman. <laughs> well, we didn't organise to have Batman, but Batman came because Batman is somebody who was uh, connected with our organisation. And we just generally took that opportunity to connect people up together invite contribution um, and again as you have already said have some good kai. Yeah I was very fortunate to uh, be invited along to the celebration myself and uh, it was it was a, an amazing experience. And um, So what did you notice about it Roseanne I oh, guess as a guest? Oh look I think you know just the real inclusiveness of your team and, and obviously the, the whole welcome and then um, sort of uh, sort of just the opportunity um, to mix and mingle. Um, so over Kai, um, we had an opportunity to mix and mingle with um, other guests who've had some sort of connection with your trust along the way. Yeah. So it was a great opportunity just to, to have a chat with, with other people who you either may know or, or may not have met before. Mm-hmm. I also loved the visual displays that you had up around the rooms, um, you know, showing, you know, showcasing some of the the mahi that you've, your team has done over the, the last 12 months. Yeah. And uh, with obviously with Community Waikato, we've, we've had an involvement as well. And so it was really great to actually just, yeah, sort of just go back and you know sort of uh, reminisce, I suppose. Um, about, about work we'd done together. Yes. Yeah, no, it was a great opportunity. And it was, it was quite good to reread some of that, actually. And I was like, oh, yeah, wow, well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we used a combination, didn't we, of photographs, images um, and video. And, and Russian words, and I think we we were really trying to be inclusive because that's a massive part of our our purpose is to see a community where everybody's important and everybody's included and involved. Mm. And um, and so we wanted to represent that in the way that we conducted the event. So it's nice to hear from you that 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 was how you experienced it. I think the other thing, um, as you were talking, and I was thinking, yes, and the other thing that we did is that all of everybody was involved in terms of within the organisation, so all of the staff were involved. And we considered ourselves, whether we were trustees or operational staff, to be there to host our guests. Mm. And so that was the attitude that we took into it. So all of the staff knew that they were, was part of their work day. So they started work later that day so that they could be there. And their role was to host those people who accepted our invitation. Uh, so it was a great way to do it, and and also too, it was an opportunity for you um, to 
I suppose celebrate um, your former um, board chair, who obviously had passed away. Yeah, and um, obviously you announced a sort of a sort of a. I suppose a scholarship, or I'm not sure exactly what it was that you were uh, um, sort of um, launching, but um, I, I think it was a just a great way to actually recognise and pay tribute um, to that person, uh, and to do it in such a, a, a lovely, um, uh, I suppose, inclusive environment. Um, it was really lovely, and, and obviously having that person's family there as well. Yes, yeah, so that was really important to us actually, and it's hard to describe what it is because. Each year it will look different, mm. and I think and I think that um, is an important part of it. But as you say, using that c- celebration time to remember people, to acknowledge people, to make visible the contributions that they've made, I think that's another really useful aspect of having some kind of event, is you get an opportunity to do that. That's right, yeah, and and you had you know like a really good number of people there, and and you know um, you know the person would have touched across a lot of those people. Absolutely, so great opportunity to get mm. them there. All right, well, we're just going to take a little bit of a break now, and uh, we're just going to listen to a perfect song actually, uh, "Sweet Inspiration" by the Yandel Sisters, and then we'll be right back. <laughs>
All right, and welcome back to Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. You're listening to Roseanne and Karen from Community Waikato, and we've been having a bit of a chat around annual general meetings and looking at uh, when to have your annual general meeting, knowing that it's sort of that season right now, but uh, also too maybe about how else you can promote your annual general meeting, whether you can wrap in a celebration around that meeting time. And so I thought what we'd now do is just talk a little bit about what it is that you need to actually think about and how to organise yourself, um, you know, for having your upcoming AGM. So, Karen, if you want to just start us off. So I was just thinking about that while we were listening to Sweet Inspiration, which seems so appropriate, doesn't it, for the topic today? Because we want to take inspired action when we're thinking about setting up our our annual meeting. Um, And for me, I guess it's starting with, like, what are we obligated to do? So I, I suppose the first step really is to go back to our constitution or our deed and have a look. Are we saying any, anything in there about an annual meeting and what does it say? So making sure that we're complying with that. Usually it's within three months of the, our balance date. And with the new Incorporated Societies Act regulations that came into play last month, um, all incorporated societies now have to hold their annual general meeting annual general meeting within six months right. of that balance date. Yep. So somewhere between three and six months of your of your balance date is when you want to be planning for it. I think it's good practice to, you want enough time to get your accounts audited if that's what you need to do. So you want to allow for that at the end of your, of your financial year, but within what's required. Um, so I guess that's the first point, isn't it, is to figure out, and then it's about working out how you create the capacity for it. I mean, you made the point in the break, Roseanne, that we don't just want to leave it to the person who's got the role of secretary. It's actually a team effort to organise something that is um, that people are going to engage in. So you have to be engaged in it as a committee, as a board, you know, to, to see the value of what you're doing. So that would be my next thing, is making sure there's more than one person prepared to um, get involved. And if you have both governance and operational people, then making sure that both parties are engaged in the process is also really important. We don't just want to leave it to one party or the other. No, no, I totally agree. And especially when it's looking at, you know, inviting and engaging with, you know, a variety of stakeholders, um, you know, you've got uh, probably your board's got some different networks to what your staff have. So great opportunity to have everyone on board. Absolutely. And and if you are approaching it as both a a form of accountability and a form of engagement, then you're going to have a different different ideas about what you're going to do during that time. It is our way of being visibly outwardly accountable. But it's also a way of of really enticing um, others to understand and engage with our purpose. And I think, you know, if we think about that, then it's like, well, who are you going to invite? And there's a massive potential for that, isn't there? You know, in terms of do we, you know, we invite our funders, we invite our supporters, we invite our neighbours, we invite those who um, are our suppliers, Um we invite those that we serve, we invite colleague organisations potentially or colleague groups. Um, who is it that we want to get involved in that um, that conversation? So that would be one thing is to figure out what that invitation list looks like. And to be perfectly truthful, you know, for us when we were organising our annual celebration, we sat down and we we wanted it to be 
people who had a direct connection with us in some way. So we didn't put out a blanket invitation via some broad network or in a paper saying, hey, come along to this celebration. We wanted to be quite specific with the people that we invited. That's a very good point to make. And uh, I know um, a another event that I went to, um, you know, they also invited um, other sort of like, like-minded type organisations yeah. along. And so in the sort of celebration part after the annual general meeting, it was a great opportunity for them to get together and to network. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe share some some stories about, you know, successes that they've all had in the, in the last 12 months as well. And I know that some of the other organisations were busily making up notes in their mind as to maybe how they could look at um, running their annual general meeting, you know, the following season. Absolutely. And I think, might be. I think if we take less of a competitive approach and more of a cooperative approach, it's a wonderful opportunity to um, bask in other people's success as well and to be upheld by the positivity that comes from hearing um, stories of success and stories of hope and, and celebration. And I think that's really uh, quite an important theme to be, you know, to be running through what we're doing. So I do think thinking about who's on the invite, uh, invite list. And I think hospitality is important because it doesn't matter how seasoned we are, and I know you and I have probably been to more AGMs or <laughs> um, events than the average person because of the work that we do. Um, and even even having said that, there is that awkwardness that you feel when you turn up to an event and you're not sure if you're going to know anybody or how you connect in. So that hospitality that we show that welcomes people in, that helps people feel comfortable really quickly and sets them at ease is so critical. It's one thing I actually really loved about how you um, sort of set up uh, your celebrations last week because we had a little formal uh, opening, I suppose, welcoming of everyone. And then we, I suppose, adjourned to having, um, you know, some kai and some refreshments and that sort of mix and mingle opportunity for probably about 15, 20 minutes or yep. whatever it might have been. And that was a great opportunity just to break the ice as such and have a chat to a few different people. And then we all came back in and um, sat down and there was a little bit more of a formal sort of um, presentation, I suppose. Yeah. So we did, We actually, that's a good point, Rosie, we tipped it on its head. So rather mm-hmm. than have the, the um, refreshments and the connecting at the end of the event, which a lot of the time is what you see, we put it at the beginning. And part of the reason we put it at the beginning is because we wanted people to feel at ease. Oh, well, I think you, you did that very well. Yeah, thank you. And just talking to some of the other people, yeah, I think they, they were very impressed and, and thought it was a, a great way to sort of um, set up, I suppose, yeah. your, your session. So the other thing that we did, uh, and if I think about this as the other thing that we did that I think could be useful for people to know is that we did have a run sheet. So we actually sat down and we planned step by step how that event would be experienced and what would be happening at what times and who would be responsible for what. So we had a plan and we allocated tasks to people. And those tasks, weren't, they weren't just about what was happening in the event, they were what was, what was happening leading up to the event. Um, for example, one of the things that... I was so impressed had been thought of by one of our team members was the fact that the venue that we were using um, had a lot of construction going on at the front of it because it's in a new part of the city. And so um, he was aware that the venue wasn't actually that easy to find. 
um, even if you got to the address using your GPS. So we had two team members um, assigned to the car park and they had the signs up and they just greeted people as they arrived in the car park so that they could tell them where they needed to go to get into the event. And I think it's that sort of foresight, I thought that was really useful. Um, so having a plan for that and thinking about the appropriateness of the venue that you hold it in. That's right too, because obviously you also want to make sure it's an accessible venue yes. um, for, for everyone to be able to come into. Yeah, um, accessible and in the, in, in the right size for people. Is there enough space for the amount of people you've invited? And then on, on the flip side, you don't want it to be too big as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I mean. So the right size for the number of people that you've invited. So not too big or not too small. It's one of those Goldilocks things, isn't it? Yeah. We want it just right. Yeah, no, you definitely <laughs> do. And picking up on what you said um, before the break, um, you don't want to just leave it to the secretary to do. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's sort of like maybe set up, if need be, set up a little subcommittee um, of, of people. And, and it could well be if you do have that separate operations and governance that maybe you have some from your governance and some from your operations together on that subcommittee. And it's interesting that you should say that, Roseanne, because I was just speaking with the CE of our organisation um, before we came up for the radio, and that's one of the things that we were just talking about is that we actually need to set up a working party to start thinking about next year's <laughs> celebration because we feel like we've set a reasonably... Um, strong precedent for how we want our events to go and we also recognise that there was so much um, great strength in the thinking and ideas of everybody that we need to get more people involved in the planning. So this year it was really her and I that created the event, whereas in the future we'd like to see more people from the operational team um, and other board members involved in making that happen. And it's, it's always great to get, you know, your staff, you know, whether it's operational or even, you know, governance uh, involved, um, yeah. you know, sort of like they feel like they have a place and, yeah. and a part to play in the celebrations. And I actually, that is a really good point too, is even if you're um, having a traditional AGM, it is really important that we make sure that our officers, so if, we've ha if we have a treasurer or we have a finance subcommittee, for example, that they actually know what the purpose is of the financial reporting and that they feel really confident with what they're trying to achieve in that part of the meeting. Can't just assume that people know how to do those things when they come on and agree. They might be good with money. And they might be great at holding that portfolio, but they may not know what they need to do in a in an AGM. Also, um, if you are a new uh, board chair or, or president, and it's the first time that you're um, uh, chairing the meeting, yeah. um, you know you get a few people that all of a sudden go into panic mode because yeah. I'm not sure of the protocols that are required. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of resources out there, and I know that on our website we've got some really good resources about running meetings, and it includes annual general meetings, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow, we're nearly running out of time, Karen. We've Goodness got, me, who I, would have thought, Roseanne, we could be so riveting around a topic like this? I know, we've got <laughs> uh, about 45 seconds before we do need to wrap up. Any last-minute thoughts or tips from you? I would say make it fun. What's your tip? Oh, look, I think just, yeah, really look at uh, embracing your community and uh, making sure it's inclusive and not just about the meeting. Yes, 
I think just add, make sure that it's something else there, whether it's some sort of celebration. You might have some sort of reunion or some sort of, um, you know, sort of uh, whether it's 10-year celebration coming up, 30-year celebration. Make the use of that time. Absolutely. All right. Well, look, thank you. You've been listening to Roseanne and Karen from Community Waikato on Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.